Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we just lift our hands all over this place and thank the Lord for His mercy and truth, for His goodness, for His love, for His kindness, for who He is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We praise you. Hallelujah. Mm. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. As you returning to your seat, if you would open your Bibles to the book of Exodus chapter number one. I want to greet all of you in the name of the Lord and welcome you to the church of Omaha. We're so glad you're here. And if this is your first time, I echo the sentiments of all who have already said it, but welcome. And we're glad that you made the choice to come today. And uh, we hope to get to know you better. If you haven't uh, seen Brother Sal, Sister Linda, wave your hands over here to my left. If you haven't seen them yet, we've got a gift bag for you, so please see them. I promise we won't spam you or, uh, you know, uh, over, overdo your, your text messaging. We just want to get to know you better, see if there's any prayer requests we can pray with you about or something like that. And, of course, give you information about our church. And uh, there, there's, you know, no strings attached, but there's some gifts in there we'd love to just give you. Uh, for being our guest today, so make sure you see them. Uh, they'll be at the information booth uh, after service. Amen, amen. It's good to be back from General Conference, praise God, and good to have the Beesons with us. It was there as well, and we're glad they stopped in today. Amen. Exodus chapter 1, I'm going to begin reading at verse 7. And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied. And waxed exceeding mighty, and the land was filled with them. But, of course, verse 8 kind of shifts the narrative. Now there arose a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, this people of the children of Israel are more mightier than we. I want you to catch that. They're more mightier than we. Come, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And it come to pass that when there falls out any uh, war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us. So get them up out of the land. Therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Python and Ramses. But watch this, verse 12. The more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. Uh, and, when, and they were grieved because of the children of Israel. This is Egypt being grieved. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. They made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in brick and in all the manner of the service of the field, all their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. The king of Egypt spake unto the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of the one was Shipra and the name of the other Pua. And he said, when you do the office of the midwife to the Hebrew women and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, kill it. If it be a daughter, then she shall live. But notice verse 17, the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded. I'm glad for people that will stand up against sin. But save the men children alive. And the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, why have you done this thing and have saved the men children alive? And the midwives said unto Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are lively and delivered air or before the midwives come in unto them. And watch this. God dealt well with the midwives. And the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. So yet again, they're growing, they're multiplying. It came to pass because the midwives feared God that he made them houses. That means he blessed their families 
as well. And for just a few minutes of your time, I want to preach to you this word, Pharaoh's midwife crisis. That's not misspelled or mispronounced. He wasn't in his 50s having a midlife crisis. He was having a midwife crisis. Amen. Lord Jesus, this is your church, not mine. You and your word alone can save, deliver, and heal us. You know every need, every struggle, every issue. Your word is anointed and appointed for this moment in time. So on the authority of your word, I bind every spirit of hindrance and loose your anointing to fill this place. Without you, we're nothing. So let a demonstration of your spirit and power happen. Confirm your word with signs following. And let me walk in your spirit and not in my flesh. And everyone said, in Jesus' name. If you're not already, you may be seated. Lord bless you. Amen. Pharaoh and the Egyptians feared the exponential growth of Israel. Pharaoh enslaved the Israelites. If you read through chapter 1, you see a three-part plan that he fulfills. Uh, he, he enslaved them, but they multiplied despite the affliction. He ordered the midwives to kill all the male babies, but they disobeyed him and obeyed God, and Israel continued to multiply. And God, of course, blessed these midwives for fearing him and disobeying Pharaoh. Pharaoh then, and we didn't read this verse, but he then ordered his soldiers to go forth and kill the male babies. And of course, this is where a lot of you know the story of how one Jochebed, wife of Amram, said, I ain't going to have that happen. And she made an ark out of bulrushes and pitched it within and without and put her son in it in the Nile River. And God spared his life and became the deliverer of Egypt. In the end, when Moses comes back about 80 years later, 40 years in Egypt, 40 years in the wilderness, God returns upon Egypt what they had done to him and his people. And the last of the plagues was, of course, the killing of the firstborn. So within this brief history account for the last 60 or so seconds and what we did read in this scripture today, God has given me something and given me a word for TCOO. I normally would spend time going a little bit deeper, but I feel compelled in my spirit to to be more direct and straightforward with what God has given me and to prophesy over the church of Omaha. Can I tell you that as Pharaoh and Egypt was afraid of the growth of Israel, so the devil is afraid of the growth of the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, I want to remind you, though, of what Pharaoh said. He said, behold the people. And he, of course, he said of Israel, I'm going to say of God because it bears to us today. Behold, the people of God are mightier than we. I wish somebody would realize that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I wish you would understand that God plus you is the majority. Hallelujah. And the devil is afraid of you. I wish you would understand that he's afraid of you so you can stop being afraid of him. 
Can I also say this? The devil is afraid of our seed, our children, the seed of revival. The devil doesn't care. Pharaoh didn't care if Egyptian worldly babies lived. He just didn't want godly Israelite babies living. Can I tell you the same thing is happening today? The enemy don't care if our children watch drag queens. The children, our, our, the world don't care and Satan don't care if our children are exposed to all kinds of garbage and sin. But he does care if we indoctrinate them with the truth. He does care if we teach them the ways of God. But can I tell you that just as Pharaoh couldn't stop Israel, Satan can't stop the church. Therefore, in the Holy Ghost, I prophesy to the seed of revival in Omaha. I prophesy to the seed of revival in your family. I prophesy to the seed of revival in your neighborhood, in your school, and on your job. What seems like a small seed today, what seems like something just small and buried in the ground, is about to appear produce an abundant harvest if you'll just keep hoping if you'll just keep believing you see God cannot lie and God cannot fail his word is true therefore you cannot plant and water and not have an increase I'm going to say that again God can't lie his word is true and if you plant and if you water there will be an increase the Bible says every word of God proves true. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody shout glory. Glory. Uh, can I do it? Glory. Listen, the Bible says God will not be mocked. If, whatever we sow, we reap. Now, of course, in that passage, if we sow to our, our flesh, we'll of the flesh reap corruption. If we sow to the Spirit, we'll reap life everlasting. And so you can preach it both ways. And oftentimes we use it for, for more than negative to encourage people to not sow to the negative. And, and so we should. But can I tell you, we also have the positive side that whatever we sow to the Spirit is everlasting. You know what that tells me? That tells me that since 2020, the 283 people that have been taught a Bible study, at least one Bible study, and some of them longer, lengthy Bible studies, those 283 people have been planted and watered, and God is, oh, come on, somebody. God is about to give the increase. God's word cannot fail. Hallelujah. You've probably heard this phrase, garbage in. Today, Pastor Trevor said, we are what we think, so true, you're also what you eat. Hallelujah. Somebody made, Sister Karen, former here, made my wife and I cinnamon rolls. I have to report to you they were delicious. I'm sad to report to you none of them made it to Omaha. Hallelujah. I'm a cinnamon rollaholic. Hallelujah. It's one of my favorite treats. Praise God. And I had my fair share and a couple more. Ah, I am what I eat. Well, can I tell you, if I digest the word, come on. If I spend time in worship and prayer, I am what I pray. I am what I read. I am what I study. Hallelujah. 
I've come with a message from the throne of God today. God is giving the increase. I wish you would shout like you believed it right now. Mm -hmm. I'm reminded of a story in the Bible. I'm reminded of an account in Scripture where they've crossed over the Jordan River and they're on the other side and they convene, Joshua convenes in a prayer meeting to get a word from God and the word from God is this. You're going to march around the city once a day for six days but you ain't going to say nothing. You just got to keep the mouth closed. And so for six days... Once a day they march around, not saying anything. Not do, you know how simple it would have been for the citizens of Jericho to defeat them? I mean, all they got to do is throw down a bunch of big rocks. All they got to do is shoot down arrows. Every day just marching around. But then on the seventh day, we're going to march seven times. And you still got to keep the mouth closed. You can't say anything. I have a theory about that. Sometimes if God lets us talk, we might talk ourselves out of victory. Uh, and so they marched around but watch this on the seventh time when they heard the ram horn uh, blow they were to shout the shout of victory before one brick fell before one part of that wall fell so I wish somebody again right now would get that Joshua spirit in you and shout before it happens shout before you see it shout before it takes place glory Hallelujah. Can I tell this church, we've been marching around walls. We've been praying about some things. We've been fasting about some things. We've been putting out door hangers. We've been reaching into our community. We've been talking to coworkers. We've got children starting P7 clubs. We've got people reaching out on campuses. We've got people praying for coworkers on the job. Come on, we've got people talking to waitresses and waiters and witnessing to them. Come on, let me tell you, something's happening in Omaha. There's a spiritual awakening happening can I tell you scripture cannot be broken amen God can't lie listen to Isaiah 55 10 for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven notice two different types of precipitation rain produces an instant harvest snow stays on the ground all season long and produces a spring one is an instant, one is a seasonal. Oh, but God can bring both. Amen. And notice it does not return again. But what does it do? It waters the earth, makes it bring forth in bud. Watch this. That it may give seed to the sower. It doesn't just provide a one-time victory. It doesn't. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. What God is bringing us. Amen, Pastor Danny. What God is bringing Norfolk. What God is bringing the Nebraska district. What God is bringing His church globally. Is not just a flash in the pan. But it's going to be seed to the sower. For future generations. For a perpetual revival. Hallelujah. Seed to the sower, bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return unto me void, but will accomplish which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Can I tell you, the minute it passes his lips, the minute it goes forth, it's already done. Somebody say, it is settled. 
Now say it again boldly. It is settled. What you've been praying for, it is settled. What you've been believing for, it is settled. What you've been hoping for, it is settled. That loved one you're praying for, it is settled. That lifestyle that you hope people see, it is settled. Hallelujah. You've been praying. You've been planting. You've been watering. You've been fasting. You've been believing. You've been hoping. And God is bringing forth the increase. Sister Nancy, keep praying. Don't give up. Don't stop. When you get discouraged, pray harder. When you feel weak, pray longer. Come on. And that's not just for her as our prayer team coordinator, but for this whole church. Come on. It's time to press in and press through. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just keep praying. The midwife crisis is that God is raising up a people who aren't afraid of the king's decree. Uh Uh-huh. And watch this. It's going to be passed from one generation to another. I don't know if Amram and Jochebed knew Shua or Pua and Shipra. I don't know if, if they knew each other. It's possible. But if they're multiplying and growing exponentially like that, it's, chances are they may, didn't. they may have not known them. But Jochebed had the same kind of spirit. Watch this. Hebrews records it. Hebrews eleven twenty three, 23. By faith, when he, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. Hey Amen. That doesn't mean he was better than others. It just means he, they knew he, God had a destiny for him. Can I tell you, parents, you need to start looking at your children as they've got a destiny. Well, I, I saw a couple over here today, and amen, and, and not only were they dancing, not only were they jumping, but I saw the dad turn around a couple times and, and was jumping with his kids. Don't be so quick to correct a child if you're not jumping with them. They're, they're, well, I'm going to get pastoral for a minute. Yes, we need to respect the house of God. I'm all for that. Now, you know, to all of our parents, to all our kids, sometimes it's hard to go from all this running and jumping to after church and we're trying to talk and you can't run anymore. But guess what? That's your job to explain the difference. In the, the worshipful atmosphere, sure, jump, run, get all your energy out. After church, be a little bit more calm and respectful. Right? But parents, do me a favor. Just get up and worship with them. You see them coming up here and climbing all over the altar? Climb over the altar with them. Come on now. It'll help keep them intact. You'll keep your eye on them. My bishop used to teach it this way, watch and pray. One eye closed, pray, and one eye open, looking around. Where's my boy? Where's my, where's my dog? All right, that was all for free. That weren't even in my notes. I won't charge you for that. Hey, I believe in respect. Trust me, I do. But I also want these children to grow up knowing that it's okay to pray. It's okay to worship. Why? Because the seed of revival is in our children. Oh, hallelujah. 
I want them when they reach the youth group, Sister Courtney, I want them to already be on fire, tanked up for Jesus. I want them when they get into the adult and the hyphen and all those other groups and years, I want them to know it's okay to worship God. It's okay to give it all to Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, look at this. And one more thing on proper child. Speak victory over your children. Speak destiny over your children. Speak life over your children. I was talking to someone recently, and I just simply told them I was proud of them. And, and, and they began to break down because they hadn't heard that in all of their life. Can I tell you? Tell your kids you're proud of them. Let them know there's something different about them. Let them know how much you love them. Let them know it's okay to read and study and pray and talk to Jesus. I get questions from parents all the time. I love the way some of these kids' minds think. You know? I love the questions I get. Except those joke ones there, Sister Emery. Where are you? Where is she? Where'd she go? There she is hiding behind Grampy. Okay. Sent me a text the other night. And, and I read the text and I, I begin to wax pastoral in my answer. And yet also making sure I was explaining it on an 11, 12-year-old mind. And I've got three little miniature paragraphs in my text, and I feel good about it. I reread it, send it off, and she texts back. And she said, well, I just asked, because the question was, you know, about why didn't Jesus wear jewelry? And the answer, the joke was, because he breaks every chain. <laughs> and she texts, she said, Really good answer, but I, I was looking for a break every time. I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Emory one, me zero, you know? I mean, <laughs> hallelujah. But listen, the seed of revival is in our children. Mm. All right, watch this. Still in verse 23 there. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By this time, the king's commandment has, he's gone from enslaving them. He's now gone from rigorous uh, 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 enslavement to now having the midwives, and that didn't work, so now he's sending his soldiers to kill them. She's not afraid. Jacobed and Amram are not afraid. By faith, Moses 24, watch this. Because a mama and a daddy weren't afraid. Watch what happens. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, when he grew up in an environment where a parent wasn't afraid of the devil, when he grew up in a, an environment where he was treated as a proper child and destiny spoke over him, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt for he had respect under the recompense of the reward watch this by faith he forsook Egypt turned his back on it I'm not going there not fearing the wrath of the king can I tell you parents if you'll stand up for God your children will stand up for God if you'll pray your children will pray if you'll give your children will give if you'll love others your children will love others Hallelujah. 
I prophesied every P7 club going on right now in the name of Jesus. I prophesied every co-worker that's been witnessed to. I prophesied to those 283 people and the more that will be taught. I prophesied every prodigal in the name of Jesus. I prophesied to the bones you shall live. I prophesied to the wind to blow. The devil cannot stop what God has for the church of Omaha. Hallelujah. We've heard the story of one named Samson. By the way, I'll submit to you. I don't have time to explain it. If you talk to me after, I will. I don't think women of the world were his problem. I think he didn't realize who he was. He finally reaches a place where he tells Delilah the truth. They cut his hair. Because he's done that, he loses the strength, the supernatural strength he had from God. His eyes are gouged out, and he's now pushing that wheel. I submit to you that he didn't really see till he was blind. But I also submit to you this. They cut his hair, but there were still roots in his head. I shave every morning. And by 5 o'clock today, I'll have a 5 o'clock shadow. I told somebody the other day, they said, you ever going to grow a beard? I said, well, maybe, I don't know. I, I promise you this, if I did not shave from now to Wednesday, I'd come back. It'd be, it'd be pretty good looking. I'm not saying it because I'm good looking. I'm just saying I sometimes have to shave twice a day because it grows back. I don't know why it ain't growing up here. <laughs> but it'll grow here, and in my ear, in my nose. It's like, like, okay. I got this one little hair that comes out right here. It protrudes right below my eye line. It, but it won't get on the top of my head. Trevor, I don't understand it. I'm just going to be like Trevor and just shave it all off. <laughs> It'll come back, some of it. Anyway, watch this. I don't know how, how much they cut off, but it began to grow back. Can I tell somebody, the enemy may have cut you from your strength. You may have even sinned and caused it. But why don't you just rub your head? For a minute because it's growing back. Come on somebody. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I've come to prophesy that the enemy may have cut off some things. But God kept them attached to the root. He even told a pagan king through the prophet Daniel. He said uh, the, 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 the watcher is going to cut down the tree but leave the stump. Why? Because the stump is connected to the roots. Can I tell you, you may have been cut off prodigal. But if you'll just get back to your roots, you can grow again. Hallelujah. Sister Brooklyn Spurgeon, I think she might have stepped out. I don't see her. Amen. Hallelujah. Is she in here? She's in nursery. Amen. 
her and my sister-in-law, Sister Jackie Ferris, have been saying this for a long time. A child shall lead them. I've caught a hold of that vision. Sister Vicki Vernon has prophesied that, and many of you, she's prayed over and prophesied. But can I tell you in the story of Samson, amen, I need a little child. I need somebody to help me. Can I get a little volunteer, a child somewhere? I need a child. Come here. Come here. Watch this. I'm blind. you got to lead me back up to that pulpit, okay? Are you ready? All right, the Bible says a little lad. Now, she's not a little lad. She's a little lass. Amen. But a child. Amen. Okay, there's a step. All right, remember, I'm blind. Okay. A child led Samson to the pillars. Can I tell somebody, if you will let it happen, children are leading the way for revival in Omaha. If you'll catch the vision, thank you, sweetheart. If you'll catch the vision, I've come to tell you, God is using our children. They're up here worshiping. They're up here dancing. They're up here shouting. They're up here praying. They're up here prophesying. Hallelujah. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Glory. Glory. God is giving the increase. This is not a time to quit. This is not a time to throw in the towel. This is not a time to give up. It's a time to hold on, to keep praying, to keep believing, to keep planning, to keep watering. God is bringing forth. Keep sacrificing. Keep returning your tithe and giving your offering. Keep loving and hoping and sharing the gospel with as many people as you can. Keep trusting God and remaining faithful to his word. God is giving the increase. Pharaoh couldn't stop God's plan. And if you search the scriptures and history, you'll find that not one time has the devil ever stopped God's plan? Nor will he ever. I know the waiting seems long sometimes. But I also know what God told me to tell you today. God is giving the increase. About where my daughter Brooklyn is sitting. Amen. Or Colin's wife. Whichever one you want to go with. We'll go with Colin's wife today. Amen. For that purpose. But I was sitting about where she is right now. 2019 just before general conference uh, and I said God I need a word I'm, I'm discouraged I'm just why isn't this happening and you've promised and this and that and the other thing and God spoke to me and said you have seed in the ground and I the Lord am bringing the rain I get to general conference in 2019 and God spoke to me through three different people one was the preacher and two I don't even know who they were they came up behind me and said something that confirmed and affirmed what God was saying and it was this if you'll do what you can I the Lord will do what I can and I've come to tell somebody that what we've done since then and you see it on the screen you want to learn how to teach a Bible study come see me amen you see it on the screen up there in pre-service uh, uh, announcements and so forth uh, uh, playing during the break and all of that uh, you want to learn we started doing that I think about 35, 36 people now are teaching Bible studies. 283 people have been taught a Bible study. And here's a news flash. We're going to keep promoting that. We're going to keep doing that. Why? Because the more seed we have, the more revival we're going to have. Hallelujah. And God has given the increase of that word. You believe it? Like the children of Israel, we're going to multiply despite affliction. We're going to see the revival God's promised. Brother Mario, Sister Priscilla, wave your hand. Started out as once a week. Now it's every other week. 
And next month in October, we're going to launch Sunday night, every other, at least every other Sunday night, a Spanish revival service. In el nombre de Jesus Cristo. Glory a Dios. Hallelujah. Don't ask me for any more. That's about all I know. Paz de Cristo. I know that one too. We're going to teach Bible studies and make disciples of all nations. And like the midwives that God blessed, we're going to see God's favor because we give a crisis to the enemy. We're going to stand against the tide of sinful society. Just as Shipra and Pua rose up against Pharaoh, and just as Amram and Jochebed rose up against Pharaoh, so also TCOO will rise up and cause a midwife crisis for the devil. Here's your take-home truth today. God cannot lie. God cannot fail. Every word of God proves true. Therefore, we will experience all that he has promised. I wonder today how many would help me. Our theme this year is others. I wonder, can you teach a Bible study? Can you reach somebody in your neighborhood? How about you? You got a P7 going, right? Almost. You can reach some people. How about you? You think you can? Matt, can you help me? Just go around this aisle. Ask these. Pastor Jeremy, can you help me? Amen. Can you help me reach some others? Thank you. He's still precious. Look at this, a child, a child. You want one too? You could, come on, we can all help. You know what I want you to do with these cards? I want you to write the name of somebody. Pastor Trevor, can you help me with the rest of these over here? Anyway. Emery, where are you at? You got a P7 going. You, you got one too, right, buddy? Not yet. You're going to have one. You want one, sweetie? Can you reach others? Child shall lead them. Come on. You want one, sweetie? You got your hand up, don't you? Look at that. A child shall lead them. Amen. You think you can do it? I believe you can. Amen. Can we reach others? Here's what I want you to do with this. I want you to, on the back, the front is kind of glossy, but the back is, is more of a matte finish. I want you to start writing some names of people. Put this in your purse. Put it in your wallet. Put it in your Bible. And start writing down some names of people that you can start today reaching for. Here's how it works. Let's say that Pastor Danny is a, is a co-worker or a neighbor. Here's how it starts. Hey, Pastor Danny, how you doing? Hey, man, just I just want you to know I'm praying for you. Just feel today I was in service and felt something for you, and I wrote your name on a card. And is there anything I can pray with you about? Start discipling people. A lot of times people say, let's invite people to church, and I agree with that. We should. But invite them to dinner, too. Yeah? Yeah, invite them for coffee. And some of you say, well, how do you teach a Bible study? Let me tell you where you start. This is the best place to start. Mac, I'm going to teach you a Bible study, right? 
Come here so everybody can see how handsome you are. 22, 23, 24, how old are you now? 23, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. So this is, this is how it starts right here. This is, this is as simple as a Bible study can begin right here. Mac, I want to tell you something. You know, we've been working together, and uh, I just, I, I know I'm kind of crazy. But here's why. See, I used to be messed up and did some awful things I, I don't even really like to bring up and talk about because of how awful they were, of sin against God. But you know what? I prayed, and he forgave me, and I was baptized in his name, filled with his spirit. And I've made mistakes since then, but you know the difference is I have hope now. This world gets messed up. This world gets all crazy. Politics is all crazy. The world's all crazy. But I've got a hope beyond this world. And it's in Jesus. It's that simple. It's you telling your testimony. And by the way, the best way to teach a Bible study, is to learn how to teach one, is to teach one. Because, as, thank you, as you start telling people about Jesus, and you start walking through, even if you got a chart or not, even if you're just walking through a passage of Scripture, just start talking to people about God. Can we reach others? Can we plant some more seeds today? You see, here's the thing about planting seeds. They don't grow right away. <laughs> We're in such an instant generation. I'm hurrying to a close, so praise him. Come up there and give people hope that I'm done. <laughs> I was only supposed to preach 20 minutes. I think I'm a little bit over that right now. I'm sorry. But here's what we're going to do. We're going we're to speak Jesus over this. But here, here's the thing. We, we want instant. We've got a drive-through mentality. But what God is bringing us is not just a, a, a hamburger that's been on a warmer somewhere. God is bringing us a pot roast that's been, you know, in the uh, uh, pot all day, the crock pot, getting ready. God's bringing us something that's, come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, I know he says, say not ye, there are four months. I get all that. And, and here's what's going to happen. How many of you know that in Acts chapter 2, a suddenly takes place? And suddenly, right? It took three and a half years to get to that point. I'll even, I'll even say it took 4,000 years because it started before the world began. And everything pointed to that. We can at least say they were up there for a whole week praying and tarrying it, so while it was suddenly there was a process that went into it and so don't be afraid of the process in fact here's what we're going to do brother Jeff if your other comes next Sunday and they get baptized I'm going to rejoice with you even if my other hasn't yet because there's victory angels rejoice over how many one so I wonder today, can we reach some more others? Can we plant some more seeds? Can we water some more seeds? And can we let God give the increase? I want you to stand with me all over this room. They're going to sing this song, I Speak Jesus. This is the altar call. Here's what I want you to do today. Now, if you need prayer, I don't want to deny anybody the chance to pray. If you want to pray, 
for yourself or you need something for God, please come down. Uh, ministers, if you would just kind of make your way available again, and that way if somebody does need prayer, we can pray for you. I don't want them to skip you. But here's what I want us to do. I want you to take, some of you, I saw you, you started to write a name or two. I want you to start praying for those others. You can stay in your seat. You can come down if you want. But I want you to pray for them. And here's how I want you to pray. Jesus, I speak your name over them. Give me opportunity to witness to them. Listen, folks, the harvest ain't the problem. There's a bountiful harvest. The problem is there's not enough laborers. And the Lord of the harvest is saying, who will go? We love the comfort of the Father's house. We love the comfort of being here on Sunday together. And some of us are a little afraid of what it's going to feel like. What if they say no? What if, what if I don't succeed? What if, what if by Wednesday I haven't really you know, made any headway? Can you stop worrying about that? You heard about that a little bit today. Put that anxiety aside and say, God, I'm at least going to try. Because what if they hear you? Or what if this? What if while I'm talking to one coworker, another hears? What if while I'm talking to one neighbor, another hears? Ah. Will you help me? Will you help Jesus? I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Mm. doors that we can reach people. Help us, Lord, to see others, to love them.